Hello and welcome to episode three of the Beauty Business Podcast, the show that connects you to the people, tools, tips and advice that can help get your beauty business up and running and if you already have your own beauty business, to make it the success you want it to be. Too many passionate, independent health and beauty businesses fail. It's just a fact. Many of them never even have a real chance of success. Why is this, you ask? Well, because the creative, passionate, hardworking and caring individuals that are the best at the treatments and services they provide every day, the ones that make the best therapists, stylists, nail technicians, massage therapists, barbers, physios, you name it, these folks who really care about their clients, their level of service and what they do. These are the least likely collection of individuals to really know the ins and outs of all those building blocks that make up the businessy side of running any health and beauty business these days. Every one of these individuals, and if you're listening to this podcast, then you are very possibly one of them, have been trained well in their particular field, and they have succeeded. But rarely do colleges and courses cover real-world, up-to-date stuff that helps you make it out there on your own today. And if it has been covered in colleges, it often hasn't been given the right amount of attention, is likely outdated, and therefore just not good enough. And to succeed in today's competitive market, those business skills are just as essential as being able to perform an amazing treatment, haircut, massage, or manicure. My name is Adam Chatterley. I'm your host here on the Beauty Business Podcast, and every couple of weeks I'll be releasing a new episode which will be packed with information covering the topics that beauty business owners are struggling with right now. It won't just be me either. I'll be inviting guests onto the show who are experts in their particular field to give you their tips and advice about a particular subject, question or issue facing health and beauty business owners today. It's the continuation of launch week here on the Beauty Business Podcast, and my aim is to cover three of the most talked about issues facing pretty much all independent businesses right now. And today we're talking about clients, getting them, keeping them, and also a little bonus information about keeping costs under control in your health and beauty business. Today's guest has been in the beauty industry for over 25 years. After leaving school at 16, she studied hair and beauty therapy. After starting her own salon and then giving it away, she now owns the largest beauty salon in the north of England, with numerous awards under its belt, and it keeps on getting more. Her name is Susan Routledge, and today, as well as continuing to own Finishing Touch Health and Beauty Salon, Susan is a renowned author, speaker, consultant, and expert in the health and beauty industry. Susan is particularly known for her expertise and results in client retention. And when you hear about the length of the waiting list for appointments at her salon she talks about, you will understand why. I wanted to cover the topic of getting more clients in this launch series of the Beauty Business Podcast, and I really couldn't think of anyone better to talk to on the subject. So without further ado, let's get right on and into the discussion. Hi everyone, as part of our initial launch series of the Beauty Business Podcast, I'm very pleased today to welcome Susan Routledge. Hi Susan, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank Brilliant. you for inviting me along. No, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for sparing us the time. Um, now, I saw Susan give a presentation at this year's Professional Beauty Conference here in the UK called, and I love this title, How to Get Clients Flooding Into Your Salon and Stop Cash Flowing Out. Now, the seminar room was full, and I remember the, the seminar itself was packed full of uh, great business advice, which is exactly what we're all about here on the Beauty Business Podcast. So I uh, contacted Susan and asked if she would share as much of that information as possible, and she has very, very kindly agreed to do so. Um, now, I'm not sure how much we'll be able to get through today. Uh, I'm sure we'll try to cover as much as possible. But before we get into the real detail of, of today's topic, for those who haven't come across you before, Susan, I wonder if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of your backstory, a little bit of your history, so we can kind of get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably best known for um, Finishing Touch Health and Beauty Clinic originally when I was building my business because... Um, 
we managed, although our, my business is in a small town, it was the first year really when a salon had won out of a, a city and we won um, Professional Beauty Salon of the Year. Okay. So um, I think that's where sort of, uh, I think people start to think, well, if she can do it, we can do it. <laughs> um, but my sort of history, uh, I'm going to sound ancient here, but um, I've been in the industry now for around about 30 years. And back then, when I was growing up, that's all I ever wanted to be was either a makeup artist or something to do with the, the beauty industry. And um, my father, he was a businessman, really, really strongly against it because he always thought there was never going to be any money in our industry um and and to be fair then it hadn't taken off to the ex you know it was it was a small industry then um so growing up of course as soon as I left uh school I went to college and went to the only college at that point in the northeast um <laughs> to, to train did four years because then you had to do four years to train um because we had to train as hairdressers as well as beauty therapists right. simply because there was only two beauty salons in the northeast so I think <laughs> thought, well, at least they can be hairdressers um so I applied for jobs away but I was really quite a home bird so of course when you leave college you think you know everything so I I, I did you know the, the the standard thing set myself up in business because I knew everything and uh, it was then it was a, a freelance business supposedly beauty therapy but it ended up being more or less a hairdressing business yeah. it, it I, you know I I, I did do very very well at it and I was building it and building it but I used to always play it down all the time to um to my my dad um because I thought I would just build it to be fantastic and then show him how great it was <laughs> and uh just suddenly one night he um he he'd, he'd never been ill or anything he just suddenly had a um, cerebral hemorrhage and, and died it was it was just the the not only had I lost my dad but at the same time I, I realized that the whole motivation around that business was to please my, my dad it was nothing to do with I didn't want to be a hairdresser um and I ended up very quickly I got an allergy to perm solution even though I'd, I'd um worn gloves all the time and a GP I went to see said you're just going to have to look for a different career and <laughs> I was it was just such a relief to be honest um but you know this business I had you know fantastic clients and I ended up just giving it away I you know I, I didn't it didn't have any value at all to me and obviously now when I look back I've got a lot more business sense than I had then but it was just such a um a, a, a strange strange time um and I, I came out of the industry for a few years and then realised that, you know, I did, I was worked in a jeweller's, I worked in a chemist, all different things. And then thought, you know, no, I, you know, I, now's the time and I, I really need to get back into this. So I did lots of refresher courses, got some business advice and business sense behind what I was doing and started again, again as a freelance business. But this time I just had total clarity on what I wanted to do Um and, and just set off, started off just me uh, freelancing. Within a year, I had a small salon, started employing, uh, had uh, t two girls as well, um, and then just gradually grew and we expanded five times. And I just had, I wanted it to be the, the biggest in the Northeast and the best in the Northeast. And then I was like, right, we'll now be the, you know, we'll go for the UK. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, it is, it's just been a, a, an amazing journey, really. Um, you know, absolutely loved it. But so many people used to like say, oh, it would never go in concert. And, it, you know, and that used to just make me a little bit more determined. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic industry. And I've still got I've still got the, the um, clinic, which I've now had for 27 years. Amazing. And I have a fantastic team there. So I came out of, handling a column probably about probably about 
eight year or so ago now, mm-hmm. simply because I, I just got to the point where I was, I was, and I see this all the time, working ridiculous amount of hours, thinking I was like, you know, you, you think you're infallible that, you know, well, these clients are going to leave if you're not there. And um, Definitely. I eventually stepped out of the business. I, I tried stepping out gradually and that doesn't work because then you start upsetting clients who think well you know why can you do this client and not me and okay. um, so I, I made the decision totally stepped out and uh, and the turnover went up <laughs> <So>. <laughs> which was a bit of a, uh, you know it's a bit of kicking the teeth really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, and all the guys said to the girls, well, it's all because the salon's getting run better. <laughs> they just kept laughing at us. Um, but yeah, it was the best decision I ever made. Um, and then from there, I really just got, the idea was, you know, that I would ease off. But then you, I, I've always been fascinated with business and, yeah. and what makes businesses, um, like how you can have two businesses and one can be, on on the surface both look the same but one be doing fantastically well and the other just treading water um so i got uh, started working with guys who do business turnarounds and learned all sorts from these guys who buy businesses for a pound and turn them around and um and sell them for huge amounts of figures uh but a lot of those strategies that i learned i thought well we can use those you know that they're just really just what you need to to have in every business yeah so um so then i uh, developed a a business formula because by then as well i'd started to um give a lot of advice um i do some a lot of work with Javier and um was um, and I just naturally started people asking us about business advice and things. Um, so I put together a business formula, uh, which I trademarked, which um, is basically I, I divided. If, uh, I always look at a business as if it is flat on a tabletop with lots of money on it. <laughs> and, and dividing into four, you've got your cash area you've got your clients you've got your team and you've got your assets your your things that you could um, physically sell and then you in the middle trying to keep a balance on this and what you find is that most businesses are are heavy in one area at least that's where all the money's running out of their business so I came up with a, a business formula called it's called stable business formula and from that in each area, really, your business and you needs to be systemized. It needs to be, have trust around it. it. Needs to be adaptable. So you need to have always have a plan B. It's um, always needs to be branded. It needs to have links and be linked it, and and then have education around it. You know, knowledge is such power in a business. And once a once a business has those elements to each area, basically, it's just rock solid. So a lot of what I teach now is just around that formula, putting systems in place and building those blocks underneath a business. And then really you can jump out of it, you can sell it, everything. Because I always think a business should be scalable and saleable at any time. Most, a lot aren't. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) So... We're here to, I mean, that's that's a huge amount of information. We're here today to talk about kind of one main thing about getting clients into your business, um, but also that those extra tips that you had in there about stopping the cash flowing out. So, so let's go to get down to the business part of the uh, the podcast. So, just how do we get clients flooding in and stop that cash going out of the business? Right. Well, first thing really is you know you need to know who your ideal client is. I speak to a lot of salon owners who uh, say, you know, who, who is your ideal client? And they'll say, oh, we just cater for everyone. <laughs> and you, you can't because although you you, you can, but it's, it's quite a hard way to do business. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know who you who you want to your main core business to be, then it's quite easy to market to them and everything. So, I mean, my business, once we did an analysis of my business, I'd always thought, you know, we had quite a good mix. But my main clientele in my clinic is the 50s 
50-year-olds. Although we've got people who are 30, we've got older people, younger people, our main core is around about that age, and that's who we market to. And once you've got... So, you know, if we were, um, for example... You know, if we were on Facebook all the time, that's not primarily where all of our clients are. You'll have some that are there, but our clients are more likely to be looking at that emails. Where if our clients were mainly in their 20s, you know, that's where you're going to find those clients. And that's where you're going to build. So it's really, if you start nothing business, you've got the ideal opportunity to, to build it from scratch. Um, but you'll find that how your what your ethos and everything around your business will attract a certain kind of client. So it's a bit like um, building a gang. <laughs> you, you'll attract people who, when you when you look at a business, you'll find that um, a lot of the clients will probably use the same boutiques. They'll right. like the same restaurants. So they'll have the same interests and and already be sort of a common things around it and once you know that then it's a lot easier to actually start and build build your 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 client base and keep it as well you know so another thing that i find is a lot of businesses try and build just by having someone coming in to have one treatment so if you've got someone coming in having their nails consistently having their nails it's very hard to keep that client loyal even if they've been coming to you for years if somebody bought them a gift voucher somewhere else or if somebody opened around the corner who had a special offer they would have a temptation to go but if you've and then they've got the embarrassment of coming back of course where if you have got them having three four treatments then it's very hard that they would ever leave you. So if they have an, um, you know, if, if someone's coming in for nails, then if the next thing they have, yeah, introducing them into having eyebrows done and, and a facial and different things, then you've got, you know, statistically, I learned this from a brilliant business and uh, um, uh, analyst who said that, you know, if, if you've got just someone having one, treatment basically you've got a 50 50 chance that they'll always come back to you okay once you've got them having two services then it goes up to around about the 70 75 percent okay once you're on to three you're up again to 85 percent and once you've got someone having four services which could be gift vouchers buying retail different things you're up to around about 95 percent loyalty and if you can keep that and keep that interest going it, uh, it that's what keeps the client loyal. If it, if, if they're just coming in, they, they get bored as well. So you know, I would always say if you're putting together any kind of offer or anything, I never ever discount on price because basically then you're just telling somebody that you can do a treatment cheaper than you're charging them. Absolutely, that's a, a big thing that we uh, we advocate <laughs> here is is not to do any discounts. It simply yeah. just tells everyone this treatment's really worth this price i'm just normally charging you far more than that (laughs) but then as well someone will think oh right what we'll do is we'll we'll give we'll charge like for four and give two free which again doesn't really do anything apart from you still discounting your price so what we would do is always make it a a little package of so if someone's if it's if it's for a specific treatment do it an add-on so if Uh if if it's something like because ideally as well you want someone out of that comfort zone so if they come in and they sit and have their nails done in one area that's their comfort zone but even just doing something like an eyebrow wax which is like five minutes it's getting them into another area getting them into another position getting them into a whole different aspect of your business so really doing packages where you've got three or four different um treatments you're introducing them to to so even with um if we were doing sort of facial toning we would then introduce them to a product we'd introduce them to skin analysis you know so it's just a case of so you're actually you're building you're packaging up that different elements of products to keep them coming back to keep them loyal yeah, yeah. So as well, they're not just 
coming in and having that one thing you know it, it just makes it so easy as well to talk about everything else if you've got a package together um but as well you know not everyone wants a discount you, you know it, it's or an offer it again it depends what kind of business you've got i always when when it was our 25th wedding anniversary and uh, wedding anniversary 25th <laughs> business anniversary sorry um I thought it was a great idea to have, because as well, if you are going to do a package or an offer, always have a reason behind it, because clients aren't daft. If you just, it's February and you're throwing out offers or packages, clients just automatically think, well, they're not very busy. But if you've got a reason to be doing it, it makes all that difference. So always have it till it's like your February offer around Valentine's Day or, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, doing texts on a Thursday afternoon to say that, you know, you've got three appointments left really is just clients are just like, well, they haven't got anybody in this afternoon. (laughs) 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 Kind of what's in it for me? (laughs) Yeah. So always, as I say, when it was our 25th anniversary, I had this idea that we would send out a £25 taster treatment. Okay. um, Two pound at uh, uh, two fifty in the afternoon on the twenty fifth of every month <laughs> for that year, and we literally had some clients like saying, "Don't send me another offer." You know, we we, we don't want offers. Really? <laughs> because it's not it's not what we normally do. Wow. But you just assume that people will want <laughs> offers. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, don't don't do discounts. People don't always want it anyway. So yeah. fantastic. But as well, you know. A lot of salons are, are very reluctant to, to get feedback from their clients as well. Yep. You know, they'll they'll just assume, or, or, or even when it comes to buying new equipment, rather than sort of finding out exactly what a client wants, they'll think, oh, this is a fantastic piece of equipment, we need to get this in. And they haven't researched whether clients need it or want it indeed. So what will happen is you know I always get my um salons I work with to uh do a survey with their clients and then you'll find out as well what the how they want you to keep in touch with them um and is there I work with a lot of salons who like we've just said you know they'll they'll be constantly on Facebook and then we'll do a survey between 80 clients and and two of them will say that they're on Facebook (laughs) (laughs) And, and they want to be contacted by email or telephone. So yeah. you need that information really to be able to, to to grow and develop your business. But as well, when it comes to things like equipment, if you've surveyed your client and you find out what they want, when it does come to bringing in that new piece of equipment, if, if a client, you know, if we've got, again, surveyed 80 clients and 25 of them have said that they want facial toning, mm-hmm then you've already all got 25 people practically sold with it because then when you get it in, they're the first 25 you contact and say, well, you said that you wanted this treatment. Yeah, there you <laughs> so go. Put it in now. Come and buy it. <laughs> so your, event, your event sold out because, they're, oh, yes, we said we wanted that. Um, but, you know, it, I as well, you know, quite. there's no reason why you can't, if you are getting a piece of equipment in, there's no reason why you can't have had that promoted and have an event sold for to promote it before you've actually got the piece of equipment in. Yeah, you know, I would always say that. You know, it, it, you know, it, it's far better to get your money back straight away than than getting the piece of equipment in and then sort of thinking about what you're going to do with it. You're far better doing all the promotion beforehand. Absolutely, but again, things like that just mean. And as well, because you, you involve in clients in finding out what they want, it just makes such a such a difference because they feel part of it as well. Yeah, and I mean, and your team. I think you told a story when I was listening to you about a client who uh, I forget the piece of equipment, but it was about eleven thousand yeah. pound piece of equipment, and they pre-sold yeah. um, treatments, which basically paid for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was incredible. So so yeah, amazing, amazing piece of and advice that, there. And that happens all the time because if you've prepared clients for it and they're waiting for this 
piece of equipment coming in. It's all the anticipation rather than it sitting in the corner and someone like saying, oh, what's that? You know, it's it's far better that you've got all this PR going around and, and a buzz about it beforehand. Yeah. Um, and as well, you know, most of the the, the uh, reps from the companies have their own pieces of equipment. So there's no reason why they can't use that as well to, to help promote it beforehand, whether they come in and do like a, a half an afternoon or, you know. Okay, so you could actually get the, the kind of the equipment in beforehand as a demo and show yeah. people what it could do and, and sell it to them. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Okay, never thought of that. What a great idea. Yeah, lots and lots of things to have that. Um, and really with the equipment and things that you are bringing in, that's it has to be where... It has to say fit with what your salon's about, mm-hmm. not particularly. Again, a lot of, um, and I have done it myself, looked at another business and thought, oh my word, they're doing absolutely fantastic with this piece of equipment. We need this piece of equipment. <laughs> but it again, it's back to this different clientele. So, you know, I, I know um, a salon who when when we got a, a a piece of body torn equipment in they bought it in as well because again they were seeing that we were doing really really well with it but their business is more of like a spa kind of feel and it just wasn't right for their clientele okay. you know so it when you know each piece of equipment it has to sit with what your business is about really and from that that's where you know you become you can become an expert in an area Mm -hmm. um you know we my business is very much like advanced skincare it's very much um results driven but you know what the treatments we have won't again work in in another salon where it's you know where someone wants to go and relax and feel pampered and so you've got in you once you start mixing that up then you you get quite unclear clients get confused as well so you have to as well make sure that you know the message that you're sending out there okay. um so that's, that's again, consistency yeah, it's about trying- your business, but you'd know that if you were already surveying your clients and finding out what they wanted, you'd, exactly. you'd, you'd so exactly. that all comes around. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's where it makes you an expert rather than a generalist, you know. And if yeah. you, and that's where it gets to the point where you can charge more for your services because you're an expert rather than just being sort of a, a jack of all trades. You know, I mean, there, there are so many treatments that that you can you can do, but I mean, even you can um, sort of to fit with your business and say, my mine. I'm using mine as an example. My business is um, quite advanced skincare, results driven. Mm-hmm. So even our manicure treatments now, we have you know where everything's autoclaved and, and vacuum bagged up, and so it everything has a a medical feel to it. Okay. So when someone comes in, it's the, the the whole it's the whole thing is a medical feel clinical feel should I say not medical clinical feel to it right. um so say that it's it just making sure that you've got your message consistent for your clients and then and then it's easy for a client then to be recommending somebody um and that's an, <laughs> that's another area where a lot of people you know, they try chasing new clients when they haven't really utilised their own clients. Sure, you sure. know, recommendations are such a fantastic thing. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of things you can do around that, really. You know, little recommendation cards where, you know, because if you've got clients who love your business, then they're the easy, easiest ones to get new clients in so you know again going back to the people who they're all in the same kind of gang um (laughs) you know that their friends are the clients that you want so if 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 you can give them a little recommendation card that gives them a discount and their friend a discount off coming in and that is the only time i would give a discount (laughs) um you know then 
because that is a thank you. It's more of a reward, yeah. A yeah, thank you reward, yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with that completely. And I think we all like to share things that we found and, and share places that we'd like to recommend, but we're all so busy these days, so many, so distracted that sometimes just a little nudge in the right direction, like you say, a, a referral card, something you can give to them to then give to their friends. Just give them that little nudge in the right direction and that can just make such a difference. Yeah, and it costs absolutely next to nothing. You know, it, 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 and as well, clients do love feeling part of something, you know, so they do, do love going, it, it, but you have to give them something to talk to their friends about. Yeah. You know, if there's nothing going on in your business, and they say they're just coming in and they're just having their nails done and then they're going out. There's nothing really to talk about. So that's where, you know, you need to keep it fresh. You need to keep like having, you know, whether it's a little event that they can bring their friend along to or whether it's, you know, that um, you've got um, one of the companies coming in to do some demonstrations or, you know, it. Anything, you know, even around um, whether, you know, you have like a, a little charity event or you've got just something that they need to be able to talk about because if they've got nothing to talk about, they won't talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and then it's they, that's where when another salon opens up and it creates a buzz. Yeah, they've got something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now, I mean, we're also used to um, these days finding things we want to share on social media and Facebook and Twitter, but we forget that it's the same in, in the real world as well. It's, you know, you need to give people something to talk about, otherwise they won't talk about it. They won't mention it. So, so absolutely. No, that's great. Um, okay. Wonderful. One of the ways that people do try and bring in a lot of clients in one go is to, to try and do either, like you said, you know, a, a mad offer that they can't afford to do or go to something like a deal site but then, again, if your clients aren't used to having these discounts, not used to having, you know, um, all these different offers, and especially with something like a deal site, you're bringing in people who are from a, a different gang. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've seen where it's, you know, it can wreck a business because all of a sudden that business, the dynamics of it have changed. There's all these people coming in who, you know, uh, have just come for that deal, aren't mm -hmm. passionate about that business, they've just come for that deal and then they're going to go off again. And your who are like loyal clients sitting in the corner who's got sitting down with like all these people who have totally different as in you know that the the um have just come in with like their vouchers and, and things it can totally alienate someone they just think oh i'm not part of this anymore absolutely it's all careful damage that relationship with the clients you have the loyal clients so yes it may bring in you know an extra whatever 50 100 clients on this deal that you've done but what could it do to the to the recurring revenue to yeah. your your client base uh, so yeah yeah i think we're on the same page with with those kind of sites <laughs> oh, Adam, it's just the case of you know when um a client leaves as well if you know that the, uh, you've got to care enough to it, it's like a, a, a friend in in some ways if you hadn't seen a friend for three or four months you get in touch to find out if they were okay yeah but you know Again, that doesn't happen in a lot of businesses. A client will just they'll just say, "Oh, well, they must have gone somewhere else." So, you know, it, it's it just sending them a little note just to to show that you care about them. Yeah. You know, because quite often it can be that they've been bought a gift voucher for somewhere else and they've gone somewhere else and they just feel totally disloyal and guilty and and just need somebody to. To tell them, you know, like, you know, oh, we do care about you for them to come back. Absolutely. And that can so, be that can be huge. Just just someone realizing that you've noticed that they've not been that you value them and you value that business so much that you'd actually contact them and say, is everything OK? Um, can can make for some of your most loyal clients ever. So, uh, no, that's that's another great piece of advice. Yeah. And um, I mean, something that I sort of struggled with to start with I thought I had to do everything on my own you know and working with other businesses is just so much more enjoyable and as well then you get to um 
tap into their databases as well. You know, so you're working with the local businesses where, you know, your clients um, enjoy going, like restaurants and things. So, you know, if, if you're going to have a, a little event, you could invite that restaurant along just to do a few nibbles and things and, and then they'll start promoting it as well. Um, you know, we have a, a big charity event once a year, which is just growing and growing. So, you know, um, we normally have around about 120, 150 clients come along to an event. Um, but we have like a fashion show and we have different things on as well. So it's not just them coming to watch a beauty demonstration or, you know, it's nice to have other things going on. And then to say, you know, these other businesses then you've got their clients coming along too. Yep. So it's, it's, you know, it just makes business a lot easier as well if you start to work with other businesses. So I'm a big fan of that as well. Um, and as well, you, I mean, I, I do get a little bit carried away, I must admit, because um, I always think, you know, of different things we can do. So um, about three years ago, I uh, did a... a charity cycle ride across Sri Lanka and I've done a couple since but clients really got behind that and because I was getting fit you know a lot of clients were asking what I was doing and things so I thought right well how about we have a competition and we'll get um four ladies or four people to um to do like a little bit of a challenge where we can have an event at the end and we'll have like a full makeover and like a bit of a reveal. So we had, you know, pop-up banners of what they looked like before <laughs> and things. And we did, um, you know, all of these like these clients, it was just a buzz so that everyone was talking about it. We got in the local press, um, you know, as well as raising money for charity, everybody was rooting for who was going to win. And and then on the night time, we had, you know, a, a big, it was like a big reveal kind of thing. And they were all styled and, and you know, that it just caused such a buzz. People still talk about it, but that cost us nothing to do apart from just thinking outside the box of, of you know, clients just asking what I was doing. And in from that, it's actually three years on, we've still got like a an exercise class that we have twice a week um, where, you know, some clients come along to and things where, you know, it's just we were working with a personal trainer. Um, That's amazing. But- so your, your kind of, your client community has extended kind of outside of your your salon so it's it's you've built a real community and that's amazing and uh i guess that was kind of like those tv programs where it's like the what is it the ultimate loser or or whatever where they they target them to lose weight but yeah it was in your own community so what a fantastic uh what a fantastic idea that was but you know um one of them was a school teacher so all of you know the, the thing is all of their work friends came along on the night and everyone was there to cheer them along and it was just so we got so many new clients out of that and that's just like one simple thing to do you know and it was just mm-hmm. say just came out of something that I was doing so it's quite good just to think what you what you're actually what you're interested in what you're doing and um and I say clients do, rather than just selling raffle tickets and things it's quite nice yeah, to have yeah. a theme around something and, and think what you can actually do do something a bit different yeah yeah okay. so I mean that we've talked a lot about clients I mean one of the things before we move off that is um getting clients to rebook oh my goodness this yeah. is a huge thing you I see so many <laughs> when I visit salons. There'll, there'll, there'll be a client who'll go and um, someone will go, uh, right, uh, so do you want to book your next appointment? Oh, no. Okay. Walk <laughs> out the door. And that's it. That's the that's the extent of the effort. <laughs> even even if they ask that, I think they're probably doing better than, than a lot of places. <laughs> but then, you know, then it's just a case of like, right, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed now and hope that they actually do come back. And as well that like they remember that their appointments in six weeks time, what they should be having done, you know. Um, so I always think it, it, scarcity is a, a huge thing. So if, if 
you're looking at your computer screen and even if it's like practically empty don't tell a client that, yeah, they don't, know that. <laughs> don't go so what time would you like to come in <laughs> you can have any time you want <laughs> <laughs> we're all doing nothing um it's case of that basically you've got to get into this mindset of like thinking right well even if it is a practically a black screen of looking at it and saying to a client right well uh, was it morning or afternoon that you wanted? Right, oh, well, right. Well, we've got such and such a time, and that right. We'll pop that in there, and then saying right because we're getting so busy. How about we'll put in your next two or three appointments? Don't worry if you don't need them. What you can do is just give us a ring, take them out. But what I don't want to do is have it so that you you're not going to get your appointments in because I know you like that time. And there's nothing. And clients are just like oh, you know our clients. I booked some of them practically six, eight, some of them a year in advance. Wow. Um, and the, they just expect that that's going to happen to them now. But from doing that scarcity, sort of making out that we've got scarcity in the early days, it then works out because you've got clients booked three, yeah, yeah. four months ahead. You that really you have that scarcity. <laughs> Amazing. No, that's fantastic. You know? But you've got to start it from somewhere. Yep. So working just one appointment to the next, it's the same selling product, selling one product, and then to the next. It's far better if you can like think, oh, you know, packaging things. Or but as I say, with with the appointments, you know, there's no the, the even if someone says, well, I haven't got my diary with us because that's a standard excuse. Yeah, and you just say, right, well. I'm still just going to put them in and then say, just give a ring or if you've got online book and you can go and, and, and swap them or whatever. But it's just easier if we've got them in because you should know how often your client's coming in and yeah. you should know that that client, and, and that's not sounds good, but they always just ring. But one day they might not. You know, it's just far easier as well. And it's far nicer for the team to look in the book or on the screen and see that the full yeah, then, in four uh, weeks' time, rather than having that stress of thinking, "Oh my word!" Right, I hope everybody's going to book in. Yeah, is someone you know, magically going to ring up tomorrow and fill up my yeah. diary for the next week? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, a lot of business. You know, those clients do ring and and do book in, but it's just far easier if they're already in. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Well, you've you've gone a step further than than I sort of advise there. I I try to get people, even if I can get people to ask people to book their next booking. I think that's that's a step that most people aren't doing. But but I love that. Just tell them, assume that they're going to come in, tell them when it's going to be, and uh, that's a much better way of doing it. This is a, a strange thing that I find that uh, most businesses would rather assume that someone doesn't want to rebook than assuming that they do want to rebook. Yeah. And, and, and it's normally just, you know, say, like our clients will say, oh, you know, um, will you book me in, like, for all of my next appointments? Because they know that's what the norm is now, you know, so they actually ask or presume that we've got them booked in because that's just how my business works. And I always talk about a hair salon that I use. Um, and, you know, they... I'll, I'll basically walk in and they give me my appointments for the next six months and that's it you know people take days off to to go and have their appointments and things and it's you know they are they're fantastic but it, it, it all they've done is create scarcity from because they were yeah. busy from the beginning but now you, nobody would presume that they could actually just walk in and get an appointment they presume that they would have to book that far in advance it's exactly like those um, those incredibly busy restaurants that because you hear they're always fully booked, you book in advance anyway, and then they're always fully booked. Yeah. So, <laughs> but if they hadn't worked out a plan around that, yep. they would still have just been trying to fill that Saturday night appointments, uh, their bookings, you know. It's, it's because they've created that buzz and created that scarcity that you know, people just say, "Oh, you've you, you've got to book months months in advance." Love it, love it. Right, we've talked a lot about clients. Um, a mm-hmm. couple of a couple of points on uh, cash. That important subject of cash. Yeah, with cash, I mean, see, a lot of it's getting a handle on it. 
and um, and trying to keep it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <So, laughs> cash is king. Um, again, I speak to a lot of businesses where they don't expect to make money. They just, oh, we just love what we do. You know, then I think, well, why don't you just go and get a job? A business should be something that's generating an income, but quite often... I do see some salons where the salon owners making less than the team are, mm, um, yeah. and you, you know, in in that and finding that acceptable. So you've got to make sure you you you've got to forecast and have whatever's um you know whatever's measured tends to to happen. So if you're not measuring your figures or projecting your figures or you haven't got targets and goals, then you just really have got nothing to it, it's like traveling on the road isn't it without any headlights on you don't know where you're going you go. now but does that mean you have to get really complicated and have a no. totally detailed breakdown or or is there a simpler way no even if you just think right next year we want to do we want to do 10 percent more than we're doing this year right what's that figure look like how are we going to achieve it? Because it doesn't just happen overnight. You've got to think, right, well, do we need to do more retail? Do we need to, you know, how are we going to do that? Are we going to have some events? It's just a case of, like, putting a plan together. So, you know, and as well, costing according to, you know, a lot of salons haven't worked out how much they need to earn per hour per therapist or, right. or or whatever. So if you haven't done that, that's one of the first things you need to do. You need to know how much you need to be bringing in. And that's a case of looking at all of your fixed overheads going out, um, you, you wages, everything else, and then dividing that between your hours and, and that's your break-even point. So a lot for a lot of salons, it was around about the £40 an hour mm-hmm. that they need to be generating. But then they'll have treatments which are £20 an hour, which doesn't work. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to either get the timings right around that appointment or get the work it out somehow where it's going to average out so you're covering your costs. So whether or not your facials are a lot more than that, which compensate for, for a particular treatment. Because, you know, there are... A, is a limit to how much you can charge for certain treatments. Absolutely. But as I say, the more of an expert you become, mm-hmm. the more price doesn't enter into it. Yeah. More yeah. salon owners are more hung up about the price than the clients are. Yeah, that isn't that true. Absolutely. Um, so once you know how much you need to be generating, then you can start and plan around. I'm producing some software at the moment where I've done a lot of work around um to me, you should always. It, it should. I'm a big believer in putting things into sort of imaginary pots. So okay. with a business, I mean, first thing should be the twenty percent that goes to the Batman, or even if you're not VAT registered, to me that should be going to one side, because one day you are going to be VAT registered. So it's better to get to the in your mindset that you're going to be giving away a chunk of it at some point. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic point because. You are going to get there at some point, even if you're only small now. And so, yeah. as soon as you make that that leap from from yeah. one threshold to the other, that's a huge chunk of money to give away. Yeah, and so. I see so many businesses just hovering because they're so scared to jump over that <laughs> mark because they haven't prepared for it and they haven't prepared their prices and, and had their price structure. You know, they've charged less, thinking that they can afford to charge less yeah. until they've grown to a certain size and then realised that, you know. Now they've got to be in the real world of, of giving a percentage of that away. Mm-hmm. Um, so have the twenty percent as a bonus to start with. So working net figures even even yeah. from day one, even before you yeah. registered. Okay, yeah, totally. Then uh, my ideal scenario is that business in, in the beauty industry in a, a standard salon should have their wages, which should fall into like thirty percent of their outgoings. Yeah. The overheads, the fixed costs should and in, in, in buying in stock should be in the fifty percent, and then there should be twenty percent left in the middle for the salon owner. I'm with you. Okay. Um, but then, as well, you know, what tends to happen is the wages will be forty percent, and their overheads will be sixty percent, and then there's just <laughs> there's nothing, nothing left in that middle. 
effort. So it's a case of like getting what. So you either need to get your your what you're bringing in higher, yep. So that you've got that gap can start, or you need to get your overheads down. You just need somewhere where you've got that little your your bit in the middle is is a, a sizable chunk and not a nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so again, it's like you know, it, it's not as clean cut as that. There's certain things that have to go into certain areas, but in general, that's um, a good way to to start and look at it. And you know, a, a lot of um, you know, it, it's quite easy just to to work quite historically in a business where you know, the you only see the accountant once a year, and that is because um, you know he's doing your accounts from last year. Yeah. You haven't got anything that you're currently working with. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that either you create your own management accounts or you get your accountant to do some management accounts where you, you're projecting what you need to be doing. So you know, you know where you're and, going. And have some goals and some targets. And then it's quite easy then to bring your team into that kind of thing because, you know, a, a, a lot of therapists don't know whether they're having a good day or a bad day for their for the salon owner they've never been told so they think the amount that they're bringing in they don't know whether they're an asset or an expense okay so not only as the salon owner you need to know how much is your kind of minimum earning per hour but but the, the team needs to do that yeah okay. yeah whether that's three times or four times what they're actually um uh, being paid mm-hmm. you know it, it, it but you need to work that out so that they know that you know they can't have sort of work for two hours and have two hours off it just knocks that totally out of okay. balance yeah. kind of thing so it and it just means that they then get a better handle on and they know what's expected of them a lot of the time they, they just don't you know you can't blame a therapist who doesn't know whether they're doing well or not i'm with you, you, know, with you. now you mentioned you mentioned some software that you've been working on there. Mm, yeah. Can you tell <laughs> us more about that? My poor accountant. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're just working on it currently, because I just think it would be fantastic just to have where you can just drop your figures in and know straight away where it's all falling apart. You know, because and if you can just look at one area and think, right, this is the one that's massively out of balance, um, and this is where I need to work on first, it would just be such an advantage. And if I'd had that when I was like growing my business, it would be. So my business, we've, we've put it into, and a couple of um, businesses I work with, we've put it in too. Um, but hopefully it should get perfected fairly soon. So that's quite good, yeah. Okay, interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think that, that probably brings us to a great point where we can kind of wrap up. We've, we're kind of hovering around the hour mark, around about there. So... Yeah, where's we'll, that uh, gone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll wrap up uh, just about there. Now, there's some amazing insights uh, from, from, let's face it, someone who really knows what they're talking about and, of course, still owns and runs uh, an award-winning salon to, to this day. So we have to thank you very much for, for all that information. Now, at this point in the show, I, I like to, or I, I plan to, ask each guest that comes on three simple questions, which I hope will give listeners a bit of an insight into their business past and to show that even for some of the most successful people in our industry, things don't always go uh, quite according to plan or as smooth sailing as maybe we'd like. So um, if that's okay with you, I'd uh, like to go ahead of them. So I don't want you to think too hard about them. Uh, don't think too hard about the questions or the answers. Often the first thing that pops into your head is the most interesting. So uh, if you're ready to get going, yeah. I'll uh, go ahead of them. So question number one, um, what do you wish you'd known when you first started out in the industry? Oh, that I didn't have to do it on my own. Um, that, because um, it can be just so lonely. And I, I, I think it, it, sometimes you just don't like to ask for advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, and as well, I think probably because uh, I probably got to the point where I grew my business too big and then scaled it back so I think knowing that you don't have to continue growing all the time and I think that's just you know you think oh I've got to I've got to be bigger and better where 
you, you get to a point where if it's comfortable and it's good, you can just make that better. So I think that, you know, if I'd known that and rather than like always like thinking, right, I've got to be vegan. Yeah. Okay. okay. And the second question, um, if you had all the knowledge that you have now and you could go back to a, a, an earlier version of Susan and, and pass on some, some information, what would you have done differently? Uh, I'd have got some business help or business advice probably earlier um because I thought it was a good therapist but that doesn't always transcend to being a good business person so I probably learned a lot of things a harder way and now the information that I know now would have made it just so much easier okay but the, you know obviously like things like this that you're doing and, and the things that you know happen in the industry and making it a lot easier the seminar programs and things yeah and as a, as a sort of slightly side question to that, I think a lot of people early in business don't get advice because they think it's a cost. They think it's, it's an expensive indulgence at that time. Um, yeah. Whereas actually, I think so many successful people, when they look back and they look at the advice that they did bring in, when they got it, they always say, I wish I'd done that sooner. Yes, yeah. it was expensive. But as soon as I got that advice or as soon as I got that help or that coaching, you know, my business, you know, changed straight away. So... <laughs> So I think always, always think about advice, maybe before you, you think you can afford it, because it will actually pay yourself back. Yeah, it's, um, it, it definitely does make a difference. You know, it, it can generate a lot more than um, a piece of equipment can if you, if you know what you're doing. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So and it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive. You know, that's the thing. And there's a lot, a lot of advice out there now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So arm yourself with as much as possible. Final question. Um, What would you say has been the most significant event that led you to where you are today? Um, Probably going back to the beginning and, and losing my dad, because I think that just made a huge difference to me. And, in that I realised that you should only ever be doing what you love. And I realised that I didn't love what I was doing then and I was doing it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's far easier to make a good business when it is something that you love. Yeah, Um, because everything's going to become a job. So you may as well love that job from day one. No, You've just got to wake up on a morning and just want to be doing what you do and if you don't then and you've fallen out of love with your business then you need to have a look at it and think whether it's it's right to carry on or whether what you need to change to get it back to be the what was your dream originally right okay great Thank you. Um, now, we're actually recording this episode just before Christmas, but it will actually not be available um, until January. So I thought I'd just check with you. What what things have you got coming up business-wise in, in 2016? Anything that you'd, uh, you'd um, like to let people know? I've got something quite exciting coming up the end of February, which hasn't launched yet, which oh. is, again, going to be just everyone working together. So I'm okay. looking forward to that. So if anyone is interested in knowing about i mean i will be launching um probably around about excel in february kind of time that's professional um, beauty in, in well, i've just got still quite a bit of work to do <laughs> so if, if people kind of do want to uh, uh seek you out uh, find you online keep in touch uh, and find out about these things that are coming what's what's the best place to kind of find you online you can contact contact me through um, susanrabbage.com, mm-hmm. um, the website, or uh, my email susan at susanrabbage.com. And I am on Facebook, which is Susan Rabbage Consultancy, but um, not the best on Facebook at the moment. I'm so, uh, but that will change. I'm sure Catherine Treble's gonna um, <laughs> make me uh, change with that. Um, so yeah, so th- it'd be lovely to 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 get in touch. I, I mean, on, on my website as well, I do have a um, a free resource called a business balance calculator, where you can go on and um, answer. It's it's just a little questionnaire, which basically indicates which areas of balance your business is out of balancing um and from that then i either 
give you a little call and, and discuss it with you or um, do a little video for you, personal video, so you get some feedback from it. So that, and that's just a free resource on there. So. Well, there you go. That sounds that sounds amazing. Thank you very much for, uh, for telling us about that. Okay, Susan, thank you. Thank you again for your time today. Uh, I know you're speaking again at Professional Beauty later this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there. So I look forward to speaking to you again personally. And, uh, and maybe if we're lucky, we may even get you back again here on the show um, to talk about something else. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. So there you have it. I hope you found that discussion interesting. There are so many great ideas in there that I really think it stands a second listen to really get everything out of the episode. However, if you go to the show notes page on the website, you'll be able to find a rundown of the points that Susan covered in today's episode, as well as any links and other information mentioned. You can find the show notes at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode three. If you have any questions, comments or feedback regarding today's show, please use the comments section on the show notes page. Just scroll on down to find it. Or you can email me via adam at beautybusinesspodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you taking the time to find, download and listen to the show. If you did find value in the show today, it would be fantastic if you would head over to iTunes, search for the show and leave a five-star rating and or review. It only takes a couple of seconds and this not only helps me to know that what I'm doing is useful to you and that the information is relevant, but by leaving that review, it helps other salon and spa owners and managers to find the show so I can help even more people struggling with the questions, issues and businessy type headaches involved with working in the beauty and health industry today. I look forward to bringing you the next episode. It's a really, really good one. Possibly a bit controversial, but trust me, you really don't want to miss this one. But for now, I shall say goodbye until next time.